dwelling in the darkest depths of the mind, it's time for Mark D. Valenti and Brain Burrow. Hello everyone, this is Mark D. Valenti and welcome to Brain Burrow. This is one of our Digging Deep sessions where we have a chance to truly dig deep with our guests where they have a chance to talk about their fears, values, hopes, and dreams. And from there, it's up to you, the viewer and listener, to decide how does this relate to my life. So I have a very special guest this evening, a, a close friend, I would say, and director, and I'm going to give her this opportunity to talk about herself by asking her the big open-ended question, who is Bianca Crespo? Oh my, how do I get into this? Um, well, I guess you could say I am a creative, and that kind of, I think, covers everything um i'm uh yeah i am very i'm very much like i'm very creative but i'm also professional i'm very organized um very family and oriented uh i thought i was an la person but i am not <laughs> um i moved from la oh dear i'd have to say officially over a year ago right before the world kind of turned quite actually took quite the turn for the apocalypse um but i think we're all surviving despite it <laughs> and uh yeah I, I think i'm also a survivor in that sense i'm very much i've been through a lot um i've uh i, I guess not too many people know this but i i've been close to death twice in my life um, and both times in Los Angeles, actually. Um, so I've, yeah, I've seen quite a bit of the world and it's bizarrely all happened in my twenties and I'm not in my twenties anymore, but, um, <laughs> I am happy to still be here and, uh, be creating weird art, you know, and, uh, creating weird art with you, Mark. So <laughs> I guess that's, that's me. Mostly. Mostly. I was going to say, you gave a lot to kind of delve into there. I mean, a lot. There's, there's, uh, so, yeah. so, hmm, where to start? Well, I think clearly when you entice us with hearing about you being close to death twice, how about, how do you feel about talking about that? I, I don't mind, actually. I, um, I'm trying to, I guess, go full steam ahead into this year with being a little bit more open and honest about certain things in my life. Um, just to make it more comfortable, I guess, for others to kind of feel more comfortable, uh, you know, in general, in terms of, you know, essentially what I'm going to say in terms of being close to certain, you know, death and everything and feel like they're not alone with certain things, I guess. Um, I guess the first time in Los Angeles, I was in a very dark place, very kind of, uh, I was overworked. Um, I was a typical Hollywood assistant, you know, running around getting coffee, um, making sure I didn't piss anyone off in terms of getting them, you know, a cappuccino that was only half foam and not full, you know, like very particular, you know. Um, I remember there was an instance where there's a certain producer who actually, um, his wife called in and he was in a meeting. And she needed me to ask him if he preferred cookie dough bars over chocolate bars. And she was at Whole Foods at the time. And he was in a very important meeting. But 
she was also his wife and she was demanding that I go ask him and I said I cannot but she was getting very angry so it was kind of this this is the weirdest kind of thing I've been involved in and um so uh young blood Bianca uh just creeped into the meeting room and I should have passed the post-it note along to him to ask but I just announced it because I thought it was a casual kind of meeting and I said I'm sorry, your wife wants to know. And then, you know, of course I asked him and everyone kind of laughed, laughed it off. Like it was funny, you know, of course. And then she said, thank you so much. You saved me so much. And I'm thinking, oh my God, why would you have me ask him this? This is the weirdest. Like, this is not, you don't put me in this kind of position, lady. I don't care if they have certain like bars at Whole Foods. You talk to him, you text him, you don't, you don't call me. So, um, but uh, anyway, so Again, dealing with different personalities in LA, among other things, um, and just being in terms of putting yourself out there several times and essentially kind of just being crushed several times and having to build like thick skin. Um, I had sort of been, you know, I had actually thought about, you know, in my dark times, like there was a bridge in Pasadena that was known for, you know, very, uh, you know, sad people and you could fix the problem easily with that kind of thing. Um, and like there was of course Mulholland drive where people have also done certain things like that. And I had been in a dark place at one point where I was thinking of just, you know what, maybe, you know, it's not worth it. Maybe this is, you know, with certain things that had happened, um, in terms of personal life, creative work, I, cause I, I've always been very hard on myself. Um, because I know that I have certain capabilities that are very unique um, and very talented. So I'm my own worst critic, I guess you could say. And when you know re- you reach a certain point where you're putting yourself out there incredibly, and people essentially backstab you, or that you find out they're using you, or um, you know you deal with certain you know. I guess, sexual assault, a lot of things that happen at once. And then you feel, you know, hopeless because you're, I'm not, when I was out there, there, I had no family. I didn't really, I had maybe one or two good friends I could really trust. And, um, it's, again, it's hard, like anything in life, um, to be put through such a machine and to feel completely, you know, like, you've been used and you're not worth anything because people don't really see what you have to offer, um, even though you're constantly offering it. So, and, and again, it's very cold, kind of isolated uh, experience. So I had been like very sort of close to just, that's it, you know, kind of thing, because it was very, being separated from people who really do care about me um, so far and to be in a, a world where people do not care about you at all. Um, it's, it's very dark. Um, but I found, I found a lot of, you know, I feel hope, um, in my art. Like I, I remember getting a lot of the dark energy and really trans, you know, kind of just channeling it actually into, my writing and stories and 
I remember writing this short story that's going to be a collection that I published later this year that um, essentially deals with a girl who's sort of on the edge, literally, of course, and, you know, figuratively. And um, uh, there's someone who kind of comes across her path and just kind of saves her. And I feel like that kind of life experience um, really shapes your your creative material in a really authentic and very genuine kind of way. Um, because I feel like I have such a great support system overall. I mean, I was in such dark times, but I know that I don't like now, especially I would never do something like that because just realizing, you know, there are people who care about me. I am, you know, a strong woman and again, I'm just grateful also in a weird way to be at that point. And because, you know, I feel like now I have such a reflective kind of mindset, you know, and I, I'm very appreciative now, especially after last year too, you know, it's, it's very, I'm like tremendously overall very happy. Um, and of course there've been things now like that have happened, but, um, it's, uh, it's kind of like, it's bizarrely beautiful in a way, um, to go through such hard, rough kind of ordeals, but, um, to really come out on the other side and realize that there are very deeply creative, incredible people in my life, um, who have been there for me and who are, who just want to see me, you know, do what I sort of on this world, you know, on this earth to do. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a weird world, Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, it really was, but here That's, I'm talking. Not, first too. of all, I'm not talking too much. Um, if you <laughs> notice this show is about the guests talking, I'm just here to ask some questions. That's all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Bianca, knowing you, you're somebody who a lot of people look at as a leader, you know, not just as the director you are and the intelligent person you are, but you know, you're a business person as well. And a lot of people look at you as a foundational part of their life as somebody who they can go to. So for you to talk about your vulnerabilities like you did in a pretty vulnerable time, you know, it, it's, it says a lot about yeah. your courageous approach to be able to do that. And I'm wondering how does it feel to kind of talk a bit about some of those times? It feels hmm. good, actually. It's, um, it's, it feels very freeing. Um, and it feels very, I guess, mature um, to sort of think back on it and reflect and, you know, realize that that was a part of my life that really shaped my character and kind of molded me to the, who I am now, um, as in like a tough boss bitch kind of thing. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, oh God, I hate that. I mean, but you know what I mean? In terms of just not, you know, realizing that I do have that vulnerability and accepting it and kind of making it a good positive trait and not something that could be a weakness. You know, it's whereas like, I feel like back then it's like, Oh, I should, I was always very, like, I hated vulnerability. It's like, I, like, I can't cry. Like I can't do this. Like I can't show any kind of like emotion in that, like in, in public or in front of certain people, because I feel like they'll take advantage of it. Um, use it against me somehow. I've become less paranoid <laughs> since then. Um, but, uh, I do feel that Again, that I, I feel, you know, very uh, content with myself um, and very 
very much happy that I went through something that hard in such an early stage in my life because, again, I, I, I can look back on it and I can really look ahead in a, in a very positive mm -hmm. light. So it's, uh, yeah, it was a very helpful experience despite. Yeah, you're right. That's a very emotionally mature approach to a situation that was um, pretty pivotal point in your life. So I you know, give you credit for being able to look at that in that way that, and channel that energy in the way that you did. Yeah. Thank you. It's a, uh, yeah, it was a, it's quite the experience, but I am, uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be out yeah, of there. Of <laughs> well, and if you don't mind me asking, because again, people have written to me and said that they really appreciate whenever there's guests on here who talk basically what you're doing about their vulnerabilities because they find inspiration in it. So during those dark times, as you called them, you know, you were able to, you know, channel refocus. I mean, it's not easy, right? I'm, you're, we're, we're talking about now, you know, it's over the matter of seconds, but in reality, I'm sure it took a while to get there. So how were you able to turn around where you were and channel, as you said, the energies into something positive? I feel like it was those, that instance of, you know, those thoughts. Um, and also there was a certain instance where I was involved with this family who I thought they were very, you know, at the time, very near and dear to me. But there was a certain complication um, where there's a lot of jealousy involved and um, I felt like my life was in danger um, to a certain extent. And there was one night where it kind of just I realized like I, I, I had this instinct where I was not OK and I should get out of the situation right now um, or it will not be good kind of thing. Um, and I feel like in that moment and then the days that sort of followed that incident, um, I. Uh, just sort of, this is going to sound maybe a little cheesy, but like just sort of staring death in the face like that. It was very, I kind of felt empowered. Like I, I had sort of seen, I've been close to something I had, you know, like everyone fears in their life. It's like the greatest fear, sure. really, um, when it comes down to it, between that and public speaking, apparently. <laughs> so, so I hear <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but uh, sort of just staring in the face and, and just coming to terms with it. And thinking like, okay, it's here. I can walk away from it. Like I, that's it, you know, and I've seen it. And it's sort of like after that, I, I, it, it, it got better. Um, I, I, again, I would just, usually whenever something like that occurs in terms of not, you know, that severe, but something dark or something bad in my life, I, uh, especially after that, I reevaluate everything and again, I, I just kind of go into this survivor kind of mode where it's like, all right, you know, fight or flight or, you know, just figure it out and you'll be better. And I feel like it's mostly because of my parents, too, because my father was very much, you know, he ventured out from Portugal, with not knowing a word of English, not knowing really anything about what he wanted to do. And he got involved in construction and started his own business. And he had several really like bad times, like. He thought like he wanted to give up and um, he just kind of kept, he kept going. And because uh, like essentially like me, like I like I'm very much like him where it's like, well, what else is there? Like, what else am I going to do? You know, and this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to keep going. And uh, it's this like little monster inside. just like, don't don't be a bitch. Come on, <laughs> let's go. Like, keep going. Like, well, <laughs> let's, what are you doing? Like, get your shit together, you know? 
So it's um, I uh, it's like that Portuguese zest that's inside of us. I guess it's that like little spice that just tells me like, stop. It's it's gonna be okay. Keep going. You know, you've dealt with the dark stuff. Like just keep going. It'll get better. Um, and I yeah, and and it has. You know, so it's sort of like a testament to that. And uh, but so yeah, it just comes down to just being a survivor and just having these instincts that kick in like. That crazy Portuguese side of me is just like, all right, no, no, no. Like, right. what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Don't embarrass our family, you know? <laughs> no, that's yeah, the generation uh, yeah. speaking to you and saying, you know, keep the name moving forward. So, yeah. Exactly. Don't right. disappoint us. What well, are you first, doing? I want to thank you for uh, doing uh, the inevitable, which was having me rate this as an E episode now because of the swearing, which is fantastic. It's okay. There's no, 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 that's good. But as I mentioned, you're free to say whatever you want, and I just rate it as E. Uh, second of all, um, I do want to talk about, you know, your family as part of that. And, you know, but before I talk about that, I want to talk about balance, right? I mean, you're talking about that drive, the drive to keep creating. You talked about weird art, which I want to understand more about what that means. Uh, how do you balance, you know, being driven, which is fantastic, it causes you to create, but, with, but also balance being satisfied with the things you've done already? So how do you do that? Or do you struggle with that? Okay. It's hard. Okay. I do struggle with that. Um, yeah, it's very, uh, I mean, I try to keep a, a level head about certain things and I try to, I guess also like one of my flaws is like, so I try to keep everyone happy too. And I try to keep like a certain balance with everything in terms of juggling. And, and at the same time, I feel like I, if I'm not doing enough, I don't feel like myself, you know, and I'll, if I'm not like balancing certain things and everything sort of, you know, it's, um, yeah, that, that sort of comes out that like brings me to, in terms of juggling several things at once, I always get like this, not fear of missing out, but I feel like ever, it's been ingrained in me ever since I was like trained to be a Hollywood assistant where it's sort of like, I should be doing something and this could be better. Or this could be that. And, so yeah, I think it's a struggle. Like it's, it doesn't matter. Like I, I don't really always, I feel like I never have that balance because I, I, I just, I always feel like I can do better or this can be better, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a day to day thing. I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out, <laughs> you know, try to be human well, about it. I guess. Allowing yourself to be human is definitely a fantastic approach. And are there, have there ever been times whenever you were able to say, okay, what I've done is, is good. You know, it doesn't mean I'm not trying to improve, but was there ever been a time when you've been satisfied with your work and what you've done? Um, I guess, Oh, that's, that's a toughie. Now I feel like there is a little bit of satisfaction in my past work and in, in there was a, um, an immersive horror, I guess, experience I produced back in LA. Um, and all the elements really came together and we sold out six nights and then we did two encore shows. Um, and it was a very intimate kind of experience where we invited people to a secret seance and we had contemporary dancers there and, um, one performed an exorcism, you know, for like the interactive dance and it was very intense. And I mean, one guy walked out with a panic attack. It was that kind of very immersive art. Um, and then we did these really cool promos to kind of 
get the word out about the show um, with my awesome DP, Steven, who's been like my right hand guy. He's been awesome. Um, and uh, I was I was I was proud of that. I uh, I mean, again, because of creative differences, we kind of went our different separate ways. Um, but I felt like there were so many elements that just worked, you know, with the choreographer who had her great dancers and they were all very talented and I kind of just ran the marketing about it and helped shape the story um, where it was like her dance art form that she called like horror dance, I believe. Um, and it does like it involves a lot of like, cracking and like Linda oh. Blair moves and it's very like uncomfortable. Oh. So I feel like I was I was pretty proud of that. And um, in, in terms of like that theater side and there was even like a horror, like a scene from a horror ballet I wrote, we performed in L.A., um, that was also, um, like a Victorian Gothic, uh, genre. And we performed in front of a live audience and it was like, there was like, everyone was applauding. Everyone loved it. And that was kind of like one of those moments too, where I was like, all right, now I'm satisfied. Like I felt like there was good work put into it, but then like seeing the audience reaction and having everyone be entertained. I mean, I don't care if you dislike it or like it, like if you're entertained, like that's awesome. Um, if you have fun and, um, in terms of this film, um, I'm still finding my way with that. I'm not fully satisfied because I feel like I'm still learning um, the ropes with that. Um, I feel like like with this next movie that should be released um, by later this year, I feel like we did so much. Like we, had, we put so much work into it just considering everything we uh, <laughs> put into it. Um, sorry, that's my <laughs> werewolf. Um, but uh, it's a full moon. But um, so, yeah, I feel like we did a lot with what we had and what we dealt with, with I mean, between the protests, the riots, we were in the thick of it, you know, and then COVID happening and people being there every day to like actually do like, again, weird arts, which you touched, like I touched upon, um, creating something that's, you know, unique and, and has something to say in a different way. Um, whether it be, you know, figuratively or physically, like, transformative, um, as you well know with the, the movie, but you can't tell anyone. Um, Fair. <laughs> um, and uh, I feel like, again, I am reaching a satisfaction of, like, I can't touch it. Like, I, it's done. It's over. So accepting the work that was put into it at the time and knowing what I did know at the time and accepting that is becoming more of a relieving process for me. Um, and having satisfaction with, it's a, you know, I'm a work in progress, my art is, um, and what we did was the best thing we could do at that time. So I am satisfied wow. in that way, if that makes, makes sense. It makes a ton of sense, you know? but what I hear is someone at the beginning of this discussion saying that you really, really struggle with that, but yet I heard you list two examples mm -hmm. of times when you were able to say, you know what, what I did was pretty good, and I'm satisfied. So, yeah. so how do you... Yeah, I'm still like, I, I'm up in the air. Like, I'm still like looking back and I think talking to you, like I find comfort and like, you know, maybe I should reflect and maybe I should give myself some credit, you know, kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I've done quite a bit of, uh, like I've done theater and film and it's, uh, they're both interesting mediums for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You've done so much, uh, considering again, how old you are, how your age is, which is, you know, You've already alluded to that, but you've done a lot in the time and <laughs> in the time that you've been here, right? But I think the yeah. question for you is, Bianca, is what would it take for you to 
continue to reflect and look at the positives that you've accomplished? Um, what would it take me to reflect on experiences? I mean, just, I guess more sort of experience in terms of just really putting myself out there with more work and more and testing what I have to show and what I want to say with, um, with art and writing. And, um, I feel like, uh, yeah. And just sort of seeing the process because I, this will be my first feature. Um, and then we'll, you know, have distribution and everything and, and then seeing how people react to it and, and what that's like, cause I've always been on the other side of things. as just a cinephile and watching movies as you have it and just seeing things and thinking like, Oh, that's so cool. And even that, like as a different process, you know, because like, you know, you're younger, you don't really realize what, what's incorporated and what goes into it, the heart, the like behind the scenes, like you start to realize that as you get older, um, that's something also I've realized as well. And being also in the industry, um, for like over God, like eight years now, um, it's, uh, I've grown such a tremendous appreciation for everyone on the crew and like, and actors in general and what they're put through. Um, like I, the actors on set for freak, I had, um, Amelia and Shelby and Kenton and, um, and then, uh, of course, Debbie, who was our, uh, wonderful, of course she was stuck in Canada and unfortunately she had to do voiceover, but, uh, her and, um, and Jody, they were all just so just great. And, and just seeing their process on set and seeing them sort of bring to the table what we all had in mind and, um, having this kind of like kumbaya, like Zen experience on set was so unique and so just so nice and rare, you know, and it seemed like everyone was really on set to do the work and, and to have fun. And, um, there was such a pot, like, I think you can, I don't, you can talk about it. Like there was such a positive energy on set, you know, it was fun. Um, yeah, it was great. So I think, uh, yeah, I just lost track of what I was saying. It's all right. No, it was um, just about, it was about reflecting on, you you said that you struggle sometimes with recognizing the things you've accomplished and balancing it with the drive. And then you've listed some great opportunities where you did reflect and moving forward, you said, it's really just challenging yourself, you know, Dump, jumping in the deep end sometimes right. and then just sort of experiencing it and reflecting on the experience. Right. So. It's exact. It's like, um, like I had a boss I used to work for, for a talent agency who, who one of my, well, it was my first day on the job. He handed me this movie. It's swimming with sharks with Kevin Spacey. And, um, and I was thinking, Oh geez. So this is what it's going to be like. Um, but, uh, and there was a, like a, a nice little metaphor in there, like despite like everything being put through that and that that crazy job, um, it was. Uh, I feel like I thrive more when I'm just kind of pushed into the deep end and really kind of just thrown in, like swim with the sharks, you know, just fend it off, like do what you can, like fend it off, and and just you know keep swimming. Oh God, I hate that I said that. Keep swimming, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like I, I, I thrive in just fighting and just kind of, uh, yeah, again, surviving in that sense. <laughs> and you don't seem to spend a lot of energy 
lamenting experiences in the past or regretting, you look at them as more as learning opportunities and sometimes fabulous failures. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, uh, cause I feel like if you really, if you regret things in life, then what's the point, you know, and, and it's, you should just kind of, um, yeah, use them as like the stepping stones. And, and that's like, that was me. And that's what I went through. Cause I was that, you know, I was that age and my brain wasn't that developed <laughs> pretty realistically. And, um, and it's, it's good to make mistakes. If, and if you're not making mistakes, then you're not growing as a person. Um, which I think is also just, you know, that sort of says a lot for our society in general today, where I feel like people don't want other people to grow <laughs> or learn from their experiences in terms of cancel culture and all that, but that's a different discussion. Um, but it's, it's relevant, right? Because even mm -hmm. from a young age, even in school, we're taught if you don't get certain grades, then you're not good enough. And if you don't do, and it's just, and yes, I agree. There's a lot of, we can say all we want that, oh yeah, it's okay to fail and all these other things. But in real life, we see oftentimes that people are shamed almost whenever they make, you know, human mistakes. Exactly. And, uh, it's sort of like people are, it's turned into such a witch mob of things and, um, and I feel like people, I, I mean, I use that loosely because it's hard to find people nowadays, <laughs> but um, there are people who feel like, uh, or lose, you know, I guess the sense that we're all really, we're human beings. Mm -hmm. um, I think because any, everyone's like on their phones, we've become completely robotic, you know, <laughs> and we are like cyborgs and Skynet has taken over, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's almost official. Um, I feel that it, we kind of are and, and people are just losing sight of, we, we make mistakes. We have made mistakes. People have made mistakes in the past, but they're not who they were yesterday. You know what I mean? And you can't kind of, I mean, dependent, you can't really, you know, condemn, I guess, condemn really someone for something they did in the past. So harshly, of course, you know, dependent, but still it's, it's, yeah, yeah, we're all learning and growing and stumbling our way through this this life, and that's right. I feel like there needs to be a little more forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, know? I I would uh, agree with that absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Now we are pretty much out of time, so I'm trying to think of what's a good last question for you because there's so much, <laughs> and maybe there's a part two in all this at some point if you're ever willing to come back. You never know. Sure, so, whatever, <laughs> anything for you, Mom. Yes, no, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> so you've already talked a bit about what drives you. You've already kind of talked about you know, where your opportunities are and where your strengths are. Hmm. You mentioned about becoming disconnected as a society. So I'm wondering what message would you give people out there if they feel that they're disconnected? What, what recommendations, what thoughts do you have about ways that people can better connect with each other? We'll leave it. That'll be the last question I ask you. That's a good one. <laughs> You're good, Mark. That's a good question. <laughs> um, very, that's very, very, very thoughtful. Um, I think reconnection mm. in, in response to that, get off your phone, mm -hmm. go outside. Um, now, I mean, we can, we can, you really can meet in person now. So mm -hmm. stop using certain things as an excuse. <laughs> Good know? point. Like, um, and just, uh, yeah, like go for a walk in the park. It's as simple as that, you know, go write, like get a pen or get a pencil, like learn, uh, you know, relearn what it's like to like, do that and write like or journal, do something, get your thoughts out there. Don't put your thoughts online, you know, and, and try to like refrain from just word vomiting all over social media and 
putting dirty laundry on social media because really ultimately depend on who you are like you're doing it for like self sort of you know pats on the back I mean mm. really I mean mm. again we're all like human and stuff I mean most of the time when you post something it's 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 not for what it, you really want it to be um, mm. and I feel like this disconnect with people and people yelling at each other online all these arguments and all this anger I mean, there's a screen right in front of you. I mean, there's no consequence. There's mm. no, like, if I put this out into the interwebs, then it's like, I can just hop offline. Mm -hmm. That's it. Whereas like, you know, in high school, you could say something to someone and they punch you in the face <laughs> or they'd like right. throw you into a locker. You know, I mean, that's not, that wasn't my experience, but I'm just saying in terms of, there's a certain reaction, you know, that happens. That's right. And I feel like that disconnection, we're losing the reaction to, people saying things. I mean, there's a delay there. That's right. Um, so I feel like people need to kind of just get off their phones, get off, take a break from social media, go outside and like go hang out with your friends, be with people you care about and go create stuff, you know, to give your brain a break. Cause if you're constantly like on the phone, you're, you're, you're going to burn out. I mean, I've done that several times. I still say that from experience. So I, I've, made it my goal this year to kind of just refrain, step back. So I guess it, simple terms to just step back and like reflect and realize and question everything. Mm. <laughs> and, and don't, you know, don't make assumptions. Don't make quick judgments. Stepping back, having patience will teach people to think again <laughs> and really like think about what the next step is going to be as opposed to just reacting and then not really getting a reaction ultimately, <laughs> you know, it's right. a weird thing. It's a weird world that we live in right now, I guess you could say. Well, it absolutely is. And I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. So the main theme that's worked for you and you're, and I agree with it is a way to, for all of us to purposefully pause before we react. So, yes. so well said, Bianca, thank you for sharing your perspective. Thanks, on that. Sure. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being on the program. It was fantastic to uh, hear about uh, some of your experiences and what you learned from them and, and uh, perspectives. So thank you. Yeah, it was such a pleasure to be on. You actually, you have a way to get me to talk about certain things <laughs> <laughs> that I don't usually talk about with most people, which is good. You're a very good interviewer. So I was oh, very, thanks. I was, yeah, really impressed with this. This is, uh, yeah, you're the next Oprah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Proceed. You're always very positive and uplifting other people. So thank you very much for that, Bianca. Of course. Okay. No problem. Thank you so, so much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. Well, so I want to thank the listeners and the viewers, of course, for tuning in as well to Brainborough. On behalf of Bianca Crespo, this is Mark D. Valenti and Brainborough. Have a fantastic rest of your day. You just dug deep with Mark D. Do you want more? Follow Mark on Instagram at Valenti Horror and subscribe to the Brain Burrow Podcast.